Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you? I'm doing good, Henry. It's been it's been a fantastic year last year for in terms of comics, and I'm excited to be here and talk with you guys about comics. Indeed, indeed. We are joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. I had a great holiday, and it's and I would like to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. You can catch the Comic Sauce Podcast online at Comic Sauce Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Today is January seventh, twenty twenty two, and Today, we're going to take a look back on the year that was 2021, little year in review. And to do that, I'm going to kick it over to Perferio. Perferio, take it away. Thanks, Henry. So, yeah, 2021 was a really good year for us geeks. 2020, we're because of COVID, we kind of got robbed of going to the movies and Everything was shown online on streaming services. And so, yeah, we had to learn and adapt. But 2021 was a different year. Things opened up. People got vaccinated. We went back to the movie theaters. And we went back to midnight premieres and Comic-Con and all that fun stuff. Um, But this year, we were really spoiled when it came to comic book movies, TV shows, all that fun stuff. And um, so, yeah, let's kick off with let's talk about some of our favorite comic book TV shows that came out this year. What were you guys, some of your guys' favorites? Invincible. (laughs) That move, that uh, show made a big slash. Like a lot of people who had no idea what Invincible was, including myself, um, really found out (laughs) a lot about this a lot about it and the the show is very interesting yeah i think i actually okay so i don't think i ever put my opinion on that because i think i missed that episode but i loved that show invincible was really freaking awesome yeah like i remember like that first episode i didn't expect like what was going to happen i just like i didn't expect anything from invincible let me just say that like i didn't watch a trailer or anything but i just heard people saying like you have to check it out and so i went into the show completely point blank and it just blew my mind that very first episode like figuratively not literally like the like (laughs) the show (laughs) yeah i did enjoy it i would say i liked it but didn't love it but uh, Christian, are you saying this is your show of the year, essentially? Hmm. Overall, uh, I think in terms of um, all shows that I've watched this year, uh, I wouldn't say so. But I think in terms of like comic book related co- like shows, definitely. I think Invincible like was pretty hard hitting with mm-hmm. it with its like brutal action sequences. I thought that like the characters were really well done. Um, and like it i also i loved the classic 2d animation mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, I, had, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of fun with invincible 
Yeah, good it, call it, out. It really did have a star A-list like cast. Ah, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of the Walking Dead cast did voices, which is cool because yeah. you know it's a Kirkman property. So yeah. I think animation in general was pretty cool this year. Um, and a lot of the voice talent was top notch. Yeah, for sure. And um and while we we're still on talks of Invincible, I think they're gonna start production soon for um season two. So I don't I doubt it's gonna come out this year, but you know, there's gonna be doing it eventually. I think and didn't it also get approved for season three also? Probably. Uh, I, it's been a while, so I don't remember hearing about it, but well, I, would, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. What about you, Henry? What's one of your favorite uh, TV shows that came out this year? Well, good segue, I guess, because I had mentioned how a lot of cool animation came out. So, yes, mm-hmm. Invincible released. What If also came out. Uh, but the real standout for me was star Wars visions. Um, were you guys able to check this one out? Uh, the yeah. Disney Plus show? <laughs> I, okay. Henry, not to like brush your bubble. I kind of stopped at the after episode three or even two. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, like, what, okay. Like keep going with, with subtle to me. What, what did you like about it? Well, I mean, it's hard to describe, but, I loved everything about this show. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, the problem that Star Wars has had is it's just kind of churned out the same thing over and over and over. You look at all nine episodes in the movies and the two anthology movies, you know, bottom line is they're pretty much the same movie over and over again you know, with some tweaks here and there, but it's really the same kind of look and feel and the same sort of vibe. This show is like so different from anything we've seen in the Star Wars universe, right? It is straight up Japanese animation and it doesn't look like Star Wars. It kind of feels like Star Wars, but it kind of doesn't at all at the same time. It's just such an interesting thing to me. Um, And yeah, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, There's this really amazing voice cast and I'm talking about the, the English dubbing. Um, There's uh, just, just an amazing uh, uh, voice acting talent group here. Um, and that's just the dubbing, right? There's also, you can watch these shows in the original uh, Japanese language on Disney Plus also, uh, which is super cool. And then it's yet another different experience. And it's actually even further away from the, the typical Star Wars look and feel and vibe, right? Uh, so um, I, I think I mentioned earlier how I really liked the Mandalorian shows. Um, because finally they started to break away from that like Star Wars formula. And um, this is like more of that. I think even more so. It's just so different. 
And it, it makes me feel good about where Star Wars is headed. It tells me that Disney is willing to do something different with Star Wars rather than just give us the same old stuff over and over again. So, um, yeah, I can't say enough about Star Wars Visions. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you on all those points. Like, yes, I'm tired of the Skywalker drama ton novella that we always see on the big screen and that's why i think like movies like rogue one or tv shows like mandalorian are just a fresh take and i 100 percent agree with you on um star wars uh what's it called voices right uh visions visions yeah. sorry yeah, yeah um yeah like the i love that it's it shows stories of a larger star wars universe and the graphics are amazing like these animation graphics and everything and I think the only thing that fell short for me was just the storyline and plot. But Got it. Other, than the, other than that, I give it huge praise. Um, and just, just to follow up on that, I'm not hating on you too much because you actually don't need to watch the whole series to get something out of this show. Each yeah, yeah. episode is mm-hmm. its own thing. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't like a cohesive story that goes throughout um, yeah. So you you can you can hop around. Maybe yeah. there's there's like a voice cast on one episode you want to hear from. Check out that episode, or maybe yeah. you just see like an image from another, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just check this one out. That looks cool. Um, you can do that, and I, I mm-hmm. love I love the fact that they're like this uh, disconnected like that. Yeah, you don't exactly. have to watch the whole season. Yeah, exactly. Like what you said stories that are just tell the star wars universe that are not related or whatever they're just like you know small stories or situations that happen within this like different planets with these different sets of characters but it's it's great i I do like where it was going um christian you said you're also a big fan of it right yeah um i i think uh when i watched it it reminded me a lot of like other like anime anthology like movies like um the Animatrix, uh, Batman, Gotham Knight uh, was another one. Halo Legends, um, but I think what's what's great about Visions is that like instead of just like truncating all these stories into like ten minute segment, you know, into smaller segments for a movie, each each episode is like a lot a little more time to breathe, and like there's more of them, and so they can they can do more. But it, it felt like much bigger and like much more um like each story was a little more fleshed out and there was more of them instead of all being confined into like a two-hour movie you know yeah you know last point on uh on visions um you know the the most recent star wars movie uh the, the last uh not, not, not the last shot. I, uh, Rise, Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that watching that movie, you could feel all the pressure on that movie, like mm-hmm. pressure from fans, pressure that JJ Abrams was under, like, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that, or else the angry fans are going to get on you. And you just felt like the movie was walking on eggshells and it, it was just trapped, you know in this like uh this fan service thing right Mm -hmm. and star wars visions was like a complete 180 like it was completely free of 
all of that, right? It, mm-hmm. it didn't have to please anybody. The, the episodes are all one shots and um, it felt like refreshing, right? It was free and easy and like creatively, like they got to do really whatever they wanted as long as it fits somewhat into the Star Wars universe. So um, if you're someone like me who was disappointed in episode nine, then check this out. This is like the complete antithesis of episode nine. Yeah. Awesome. So one of my favorite, or this is probably my favorite TV show that came out this year um, was WandaVision. I think it was the number one Marvel project that I was looking forward to this year. It came out the very first month and it was still my favorite one this year. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Scarlet Witch. And I think like for me, One Division just told this like unique story or this way of storytelling um, uh, the heroes, you know, and the villains and just the whole like psychological um, trauma character death that Scarlet Witch was facing was really, I feel like something that hadn't been done within a Marvel film and just the unique way of how they were telling the story with each episode being a different decade in TV history. I thought it was really fun and smart. Um, Yeah. I just really much enjoyed it. What, What did you guys think of that? show it like it was like the first like big return to the mcu right back in mm-hmm. uh, like december or january and so like i think after like you know like a year plus of just like waiting for something to come out i was like oh man i can't wait to see this and it was such a mystery of like what's gonna happen next that was pretty weird i didn't expect where this was going mm-hmm. um and so I did really enjoy WandaVision. Um, I do remember it. I haven't seen it since it came out. I do remember the last episode I wasn't a big fan of, but um, I did really like it. And I think looking back on it, I think that um, it definitely is like one of my favorite, I think, uh, the uh, Disney Plus shows that I've seen. Um, I think I like Loki more, but WandaVision is like a very solid like number two. If I would, mm-hmm. if I were to rank all of them, cool, Henry. Yeah, uh, just real quick. I know we did a recap previously, uh, but it is funny to look back on when Wandavision came out because I remember it was a really big deal. We basically had next to nothing in terms of new content all of last year. You know, 2020 was was pretty dead in terms of TV and movie releases, right? And um, when uh, WandaVision dropped on Disney Plus, I was legit excited. We were all really <laughs> excited, right? It was a really big deal. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you guys are talking about, it was very different and um, kind of difficult to wrap my head around, you know? And um, yeah, I think ultimately I found it a little uneven. Like Christian, you mentioned the finale was a little bit of a downer. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in in the finale and, you know, not to go get ahead of myself, but I think the MCU TV shows 
tended to end sort of poorly in general, like across the board. I'm not sure what's up with that, but uh, I think it was, yeah, there was something in the water there. Um, the ending was a little disappointing on WandaVision and there was like the beginning, I thought it took some time to, 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 to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I, I did enjoy it, certainly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what other um, favorites did we have from this year? Uh, just in the show category? Yeah, so far shows. Okay, so uh, I got one show. The show actually really surprised me. Um, so this isn't actually based on a comic book, but uh, I guess continue the let's continue the animation train going. Sure. So um, it's a show I finished pretty recently, so a bit of recency bias, but um, the show is Arcane. So um, it's based on the video game League of Legends. Mm-hmm. and which was like really really i mean it's still really popular but it was like really popular about like 10 years ago um when perfira and i were both in college yes <laughs> and that was the game everyone played i tried it i hated it i really don't like that game <laughs> i think league of legends is, is a terrible game and has a has a terrible community um but arcane is fucking awesome it, it is like hands down one of the best shows i've ever seen as beautiful like 3d animation done i think by Riot themselves. Like they had a big hand. Riot is the studio that made uh, League of Legends. Um, you have like really well fleshed out characters. You have a really like creative world um, that kind of mimics like a tale of two cities where you have um, the council in this, this like steampunky type of world where they're trying to figure out how to work with magic. And then you have your underbelly that is focusing on gang wars. And it only focuses, League of Legends is known for a massive cast, but this only really focuses down on, like, a few characters from the games. And really, like, kind of dives deep into their characters. Like, I'm like, uh, I was, like, very surprised. Because video game adaptions are usually terrible. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, this is, like, um, I think it's actually, like, in the top, like, I think it's in the top 20 of, like, the highest rated, like, IMDb shows take that with a grain of salt but i'm, I'm like not kidding mm-hmm. you this show is like is amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i've heard really good things about that show mm-hmm. it's cool to have, hear. have you watched it henry i have not no i yeah same i haven't I seen hope. it either but i've heard many great reviews about that show that is I'm, i might ask if we can do an episode on it at some point in the future it's <laughs> only one season to. and it's it's pretty short it goes by really fast nice Cool. Yeah. Good recommendation by Christian. Totally. <laughs> Henry, what about you? What's another TV show you really enjoyed this year? Well, uh, we kind of touched upon the MCU coming to TV, uh, but maybe we'll get into it a little bit more because like we were saying, it wasn't just WandaVision, right? We also got uh, Loki and What If and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. So a mm-hmm. ton of MCU content on Disney Plus. And um, yeah, I was really curious as to how this stuff was going to turn out. Um, as it as it was, I think it, it was a little uneven. You know, it was some of it was great. Some of it was good. Some of it was just kind of OK. Ultimately, I did like all these shows. Um, some more than others. Um, yeah, we did a Falcon and Winter Soldier episode earlier in the year, and I did 
voice my uh, stamp of approval. <laughs> Definitely enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I keep thinking about this this uh, finale drop off. Like maybe we should re- address this a little bit because I felt like it happened on WandaVision. I felt like it happened on Falcon and Winter Soldier. I felt like it kind of happened on What If. I felt mm-hmm. like it happened on Hawkeye. Maybe not so much Loki. I, I did like the way Loki ended. Um, but like what what what's going on with <laughs> with these MCU shows? Like like I said, I enjoyed them all. Some of them I really liked. I I, say, I would say Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier I liked um, particularly. Um, I think they're among uh, my favorite TV shows of the year. Um, but yeah, like just the the way a lot of these shows ended, just I don't know. They didn't really stick the landing. I think so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe something that they can work on for the future, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, it's always with the last episode too. Yeah. Like, my uh, like part of me is thinking that like is that like I think the shows just in general bite off more than they can chew in terms of like characters and like story developments. Um and so like th- and they've always and I think because they're miniseries and not like full on seasons of shows they feel like they have to wrap up everything in the last episode. Yeah. As well as the fact that they always feel like they take it way too long to get going, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I, I do give a bit of a pass. I think that there was a, there was a lot of, like, troubles behind the scenes with, uh, like, story developments that they originally planned that they couldn't use because of the pandemic, so they, it probably made them scramble a bit. Um, but, uh, like... I think I think there's probably just like too many characters and they bite off more than they can chew and they have to have a lot of action because I think that's kind of what you're expecting when you have a comic book show or movie is you want a big bang and a finale of a finale. And I think part of what makes Loki work work so well is that like it kind of narrows everything down. It puts its focus w- like into just uh, the three characters of, you know, the two Lokis and Kang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it narrows its focus way down, and it, it, like, puts a lot of stock into just those characters and those, like, that, like, it, that scene with just focusing on those interactions instead of, like, um, like, oh, yeah, we have to resolve the Flag Smashers, we have to resolve uh, John Walker, we have to resolve um, the... Um, let's see uh bucky and falcon stories uh and like some um the other side characters you know they all have to tie everything up in a nice neat little bow yeah so they can set up for the movie that's the weird part though with the mcu you really don't need to have that closure because everything's connected every it will continue on right so why do they feel this need to have this like huge like action finale in every last episode uh it it just yeah it it felt a little forced at times Mm -hmm. um my last little note on on mcu on tv is uh hawkeye you know uh, i think we're planning to do a recap episode so we probably don't need to get super deep into it Mm -hmm. but um man i was really enjoying the show I, i think the ending like i've been saying was 
disappointing because it was very ridiculous, I think. Um, but yeah, kind of up to that point, it was like, it was like perfect. It, it really tapped into like this holiday spirit and um, this whole idea of Hawkeye just wanting to get home to his family by Christmas was really great. And um, the, Kate Bish- the Kate Bishop character is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it, it was like a real feel good TV show. And um, yeah, the double whammy of Hawkeye and No Way Home to finish the year on. Oh, man, it just it, it warmed my heart. It really yeah. did. So, during the holidays when yeah like yeah, vacation the timing <laughs> the timing was like impeccable mm-hmm. for all that yeah, yeah same um without going too much into hawkeye or not giving out anything away um yeah hawkeye was really like for me like a sleeper hit like i just expected it to be like kind of like a goofy like holiday tv show you know because that's what the trailer was always presenting yeah. and stuff but it just turned out to be really great and fun. And, um, and you know, we talked in the past about like this, like uh, concept of fan service and everything. I feel like Hawkeye kind of played with it, but in a smart and fun way that was really enjoyable. Yeah. They, they went with comedy, a lot of comedy on the show. And, it, yeah. and I felt the comedic moments really worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before moving on to the next section, um, so is there a top movie that you guys want to talk about or top TV show that you guys want to talk about? Hmm. Henry? Well, I think I've listed mine. Star Wars Visions is my show of the year, which I'm still surprised at because at a year (laughs) where we got all these new Marvel shows, I was like expecting the list to be all Marvel shows. Like it's, it's not a matter of like uh, what's number one It's like, what's the ranking of the five uh, MCU shows? <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Like as that's what I was expecting. I was not expecting to pick a star Wars animated TV show to be my show of the year. But guess what it is? I, I think it's that good. Oh, okay. Be- Hang on, Christian. Yay, before, <laughs> uh, before answering Christian, I just want to ask Henry one more question. Um, have you checked out uh, Book of Boba Fett yet? I have. I am caught up. Episodes one and two. And so you want to get my like quick, quick yeah, uh, initial quick, reaction? Initial reaction compared to everything we've already said, you know, about like Star Wars and what we like and don't like about it (laughs) yeah so here's my quick take and it is in line with what i said earlier so when the mandalorian dropped it was super refreshing a lot like what i'm saying about star wars visions taking star wars into a completely new direction right love the mandalorian season one especially because it was just so fresh and new still enjoyed season two and um, then, of course, we got Book of Boba Fett, right? So what I'm seeing here is, at least so far, we're just two episodes in, right? But what I'm seeing so far is the exact same look, feel, and vibe as The Mandalorian. I feel like I'm getting what 
I wasn't getting out of the movies, right? Uh, I was mm-hmm. getting like the same stuff, right? So to me, the book of Boba Fett is completely unnecessary. I don't need to watch this show. <laughs> Just watch The Mandalorian. Like The Mandalorian to me is like the better version of the Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, two episodes in, I don't want to trash it too much, but that's how I feel about it so far. I feel like it's just totally unnecessary. There you go. You heard it from Henry. Yeah, (laughs) I I see what you're getting at. Like, I do like the idea that it's like, oh, they're kind of, I I guess it's from the general premise, no like episode spoilers, but it does feel like they're like following up on like the crime boss deal that you kind of, you saw with him in the Mandalorian and I like the idea of like Star Wars crime. I think that's a fun like aspect to take Boba Fett in of like mm-hmm. him as a crime boss, and you have like it's almost like uh like a bit of like there's like a mafia movie feel almost mm-hmm. mixed with Star Wars. I yeah, so far though I do agree. I'm not enjoying it as much as as Mando. But um well, it's fun, you know. Yeah. He's kind of such a beloved character that it, I'm glad that they're doing him justice, you know, it is for his own show. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, um, Christian, yeah, before moving on, what's your favorite TV show of the year? Or did yeah. you already say it? Uh, I did say Arcane. I will say that's definitely my favorite show of the year. Okay. Um, let's see. As far as other shows, um, uh, a lot of, I guess, I'll just go over two that I've I've enjoyed that I've been watching recently, um, are Witcher season two and Cobra Kai, also a lot of fun. Also on Netflix, I guess. Ne- Netflix <laughs> has been kind of, they have. Sometimes Netflix will put out the worst thing I've ever seen, and it'll put out the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Very a little uneven, but, uh, you know, I guess, I, I like what I like. Exactly. They did also put the worst, one of the worst shows I've ever seen out this year. <laughs> yeah. So you know, as much as good content we got this year, we've also had some bad content. And like Christian said, one of the ones I want to point out that came out this year was on Netflix, which was the live action version of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh yes. Womp, womp. <laughs> like I, I i really wanted to what like have good praise for it um john cho he's such a good actor he's really i love all of his projects and everything but this tv show just really felt really campy to me it felt like a live action version of something that could have came out like in the 2000s you know like with the costumes and the dialogue and I was just not living for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like, they went a little too far, I think, in trying to adapt the anime, like, the look and feel of the anime. And, like, I think with the animation, especially the old um, 90s animation, there's such a crispness to it, and, like, there's, like, a fluidity to it. Um, And it just didn't really like work it felt like they dialed everything up to 11 when like they should have had it at like an eight or a nine you know like i really Mm -hmm. felt like they should have like taken everything about the show and just dialed it back um as well as like i think 
Cowboy Bebop doesn't need to focus too much on an ongoing story. It's not really about that. The original anime is more about like just jobs they do, and you kind of just find out hints along the way. Vicious is never really present in the story until like the uh, except for the little bits that you see him. You know, whereas like they yeah. kind of ruin what made the anime great. <laughs> I think it's. I, I remember seeing when I found, saw the trailer. The top comment was, uh, "This trailer is the definition of mixed feelings." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But uh, now so... those feelings are not mixed. They're, bad. <laughs> They're almost all bad. Yeah. yeah, a lot of negative reaction. The this series has been canceled by netflix so pretty much uh no question about it this show was a failure um yeah my quick take on it uh, i don't think i hated it as much as you guys and as much as most people but here's the bottom line i was like uh marginally enjoying the first couple episodes and i wanted to watch the whole thing and um, just as I continued to watch, my interest sort of faded away and faded away and faded away. And after <laughs> episode five, I'm like, OK, I've watched half the season and I just really don't want to watch anymore. So I, I ended it. That's that's where I stopped. So if that's, you know, a, a, a stamp of disapproval, <laughs> if that isn't a stamp of disapproval i don't know <laughs> what is right um yeah def definitely uh a thumbs down and i think what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense like the show tried to be the anime and you can't be that right mm -hmm. uh and yeah when you're adapting anything you have to adapt to the medium you're using right if you're an ad adapting comic book into a movie you want to try to make a good movie you don't want to make uh, some weird combination of the two or just try to completely replicate that comic book experience because it's just you really can't do it right um so yeah i, I think you had mentioned it christian it, it just it tried to be the the anime show and you, you just can't it, it's 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 not it, it's an impossibility right and uh, I think we call, we talk about cool factor on this show a little bit. And that's sort of this like uh, subjective sort of thing. But the cool factor of the anime was completely lost here. Right. The anime is just it's just cool. And it's just like the definition of cool. Right. And the live action series. is just like as cool as the anime was, this is like not cool right it was it's, the knockout knockoff version exactly yeah it's it's uncool uh, <laughs> so i'll leave it at that i think um it's just a disappointment on a lot of different fronts and yeah mm -hmm. i i listed some of my low lights of the year and mm -hmm. almost all of them are movies um but uh there is a tv show on that list and it is cowboy bebop sadly enough well yeah so what's what's another what about you christian do you have another tv show that was not hitting you so fine this year hmm 
like I, like cowboy bebop is definitely like the one i definitely wrote down as like <laughs> it was the on worst list. <laughs> I, yeah it, it, it's far and away the uh, like worst like it's um let's see um i i it, it's kind of hard to remember cuz i think like i that's the only one that sticks out. I think a lot of times when I, I a show's not really gelling with me, mm-hmm. um, I'll just kind of like turn it off and forget about it rather than like stick with it for the most oh, part. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Okay. Um, I guess we'll go into this a little more. Um, but uh, I guess we like, you know, I, I wasn't actually all that big on Hawkeye, believe it or not. Uh, so I, how I think dare I, you? Uh, yeah, like I, I, it's like not the. It's far from the worst thing I've ever watched. I think that I had a lot of fun watching it, and I think like the Christmas like spirit. It was like ah, that was nice. Um, <laughs> did you finish it all? I did. Yeah. And um, you still say I uh, yeah. I just I really didn't like that last episode though. Um, okay. I thought I thought that was like. <laughs> I think of all the series, I think that might have been the most of a mess uh-huh. um, of a final episode. And mm-hmm. um, like, I think when I thought about it, like a lot of the, a lot of it just didn't really come together, but I still like, there's a lot of elements I enjoyed. Like I see why people loved, I see why you guys loved it. And like, oh, why a lot of other people did. I think I'm like, like, I think I'm probably, I'm definitely in the minority opinion here. Um, but I think it was like, ah, all right. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Well, we'll dive more deep into that when we do our Hawkeye episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. What about you, Henry? Um, so besides Cowboy Bebop, was there anything else that was on your list? Yeah, actually looking at my list, that was the only TV show on my disappointments of 2021 list. And I think the reason is kind of what Christian is saying. If there was something that I wasn't into, I would just stop watching it and forget about it. You know, it's yeah. different with movies because, you know, rarely will I just like stop watching a movie I, with a movie. I'll, I'll give it its fair share. I'll watch the whole thing. You know, it's only like a two hour investment. Whereas with a TV show to watch a whole season, like, you know, we're talking like 10 hours, etc. cetera. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of anything that I sat through most of and was disappointed in like the stuff that I was disappointed in. I think I just tuned in for an episode and dropped out. And like, I can't even remember mm-hmm. what they were really. Two. Sh- okay. Before we move on to the next category of films, two, sh- two shows I want to um, point out for there. They weren't the worst, but like you guys said, they didn't catch my attention was um, Titans season three. Um, just I only say that because like season one and two, like when I got HBO Max, like those were like the first shows I like binge watched and everything. So I was really excited for season three. And so far, like I'm only like half voice. I'm not like anxious to like go back and keep watching it. I'm just like, I'll watch it if I have nothing else to watch. So there's not like that sense of urgency for me to go watch and finish titan season three um which is pretty sad because like i said season one and two i really enjoyed but this third season's been a little all over the place interesting um that one and then um a really huge hit 
was Amazon's Wheel of Time. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. No. I, I mean, like, when I first read about it, because Amazon was really promoting this. When I first read the early reviews, they kept saying, like, comparing it to Game of Thrones. Like, this is going to take, like, a scratch that Game of Thrones itch that you've been craving and stuff. And so I watched it. And then, um, you know, kind of like you, Henry, what you did with um, Cowboy Bebop. Like, you weren't impressed, but you're, you just kept watching it to see, like, if it ever take off and stuff. And it definitely had its moments, but like when the sh- the season ended, I was just kind of like, eh, I wouldn't recommend mm. it. I'd just be like, if you have nothing else to watch, it'd be a cool show to check out. But I wouldn't say like, go out of your way to watch it. Got it. So that comes to our next category. We're going to the movies we went back to the movies we went to we did the midnight premieres and everything and we've had some good movies and some low movies but let's start with the highs so henry what was one of your highs for the movies that came out this year yeah movies came back in a big way in 2021 a lot of movie highlights for sure um let's see yeah, you know, one I wanted to call out is Godzilla versus Kong. So this came out quite a while ago now. I think it's maybe a bit, a bit forgotten, but I think when it came out this year, it was a really big deal because it was like the first time in a long time people were excited about a new movie, right? Like I said, 2020 was like, was barren, right? And um, a lot of people watched Godzilla versus Kong. A lot of people had a lot of fun watching this movie, whether it's in the theaters or on HBO Max. And um, it's it's a really silly movie. It's goofy. It doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of the time. But bottom line is it has awesome monster action and it's just flat out fun. And, you know, it, it's, it may sound a little silly to say this, but um, a goofy movie like this, I, I think it helped a lot of people in this world get through COVID. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, COVID is, continues to be with us in a big way, but um, it's crazy. It, just a goofy ass monster movie like this, I think was 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 like um, a, a dose of mental wellness for all of us. You know, it, we needed this movie, and uh, it helped get us through some tough times. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of fun with it, and um, it was a great continuation of uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. And um, yeah, I, I had a, a ton of fun with Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, that, the movie was a lot of fun. Um, I think, like, it definitely upped the goofiness factor <laughs> with yeah. Kong wielding the hammer and, yeah. like, at the center of the entire world. <laughs> and, um, or no, it was an axe. It was an axe, yeah. Yeah, wielding an <laughs> axe that he got from the center of the world, and which he goes back to at the end of the movie and sits on a throne. 
um because he's the king kong um yeah the you know the big fight against mecha godzilla at the end like the fact that they make the human plot like even like kind of dumber and dumber with each one um yeah godzilla versus kong dawn of justice was a lot of fun <laughs> nice there we go uh yeah and, and just real quick i know christian you're going to talk about dune but dune was on my list of mm-hmm. best one of the best movies of the year um i watched it on hbo max thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it, it it was quite an experience um and i know we're going to talk about um the mcu movie releases also that was like a tremendous highlight for me like just going to the movies to watch new mcu movies and um some of them uh were experiences that i will never forget i had some amazing times at the movies this year watching new marvel movies um but i think we can get into that a little later um what else we got perfurio yeah so christian do you want to give us one of your favorite movies of the year yeah, uh, actually, let's talk about Dune some more, because Dune's awesome. <laughs> like, cool. extremely mesmerizing film, also on H- you know HBO Max, as you said. Um, also, like, which made me think from that Netflix comic, like, HBO Max also put out some of the best movies I've seen this year, and some of the worst. Um, but yeah. Dune is, yeah, like, Dune Part 1, completely, like an audio visual feast i think it, it really tapped into this really like really like old and pretty like weird lore of what's gonna happen like uh i forget i i started reading the books but i totally forgot the year it takes place but it's so far in the future that uh people don't really use computers anymore because computers uh ai revolted against humans you know hundreds of years ago and they and they decided that that wasn't uh they they've evolved past the need for computers, uh, but at the same time, you see like things that have stayed the same in in, in um, humankind. The fact that they're still like essentially like lords, kind of ruling over a lower class, and you have the fremen who are like the free pe- you know the free people of this planet, while like royal houses duke it out o- over land essentially like uh, uh mirroring imperialism um but also with a lot of sci-fi coolness in there you know and i think denis villeneuve i think is like definitely one of the best like directors around today mm-hmm. yeah I, I it here's another podcast that i don't think i joined you guys with when we talked dune but I enjoyed that one. It was it was a really good film. Visually, it was just beautiful. Um, so for me, like I have this annoying tendency when like I watch a movie, I kind of like push pause a lot to like go use the restroom or like do some other activity. But Dune is like one of the movies I can remember recently that I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like it's was like catching my attention the whole time like i just want to sit down through and just like watch it in in entirely like it was just really great the storyline was 
awesome. And the actors were phenomenal. It was an A-list cast. Um, yeah, it was really, it was an awesome movie. Right on. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So they, glad they make it part two. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like they had to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, that wasn't a sure thing, but uh, yeah, really great to hear they're doing it. Yeah. So let's see, for me, one of the movies that stood out to me was surprisingly the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Like, you know, I've said this so many times on our podcast, I feel like, but coming from a Marvel fan, I feel like DC the Snyder Cut like was one of my favorite movies this year above some Marvel movies. And I just really enjoyed it. Like I just appreciate it for like even though it's a four hour movie, I've seen it three times this year or last year. Um I just think like it was just so beautifully done and I think I think what I loved about it so much was that, like, the fans made it happen and Stetter, like, got his dream project done. I think that's what I found so beautiful about this movie, that it was just, it was more than a film. It was kind of like a work of art, which I'm not saying, like, all the other films were, but for me, that's how I took it. Yeah, it was um it was definitely the biggest surprise I would say of this year. Like the most surprising movie like because of like I guess the stakes, like the kind of reputation, but like it's renewed so much interest in, you know, the DCEU, you know, the Snyderverse. And so like it's kind of like it's also like yeah, as a fan of the Justice League, it's like oh wow, this really is the movie I've kind of always wanted to see, and I had no idea that it was, it's it's kind of just been here the whole time. Yeah, I agree. It was a big surprise. I got to be honest, going into watching this movie, I was fully expecting it to be complete garbage. Like that was my expectation. I was expecting to talk shit about it and make fun of it and uh, just like talk more shit about DC. But guess what? It was actually pretty good. Uh, I don't think I loved it quite as much as you Perfurio, but um, yeah, there's no question. It has merit there. there, There's some cool stuff in there and it is worth a watch. No question. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are some more of you guys' favorites that came out this year? Because there was a lot. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot. Um, I guess since we talked about the big um, DC movie, I guess what we could always uh, we did we did just talk about this, and everyone's still talking about this movie. Um, there's always the big Marvel movie, Spider Man. Everyone, <laughs> everyone loved it. People are still watching it. Yeah, people still loving the movie. Yeah, a box office sensation. It is crazy how much business this movie is making. This, this, uh, how much money this movie is making. Like, where would you guys place this against other Marvel movies? 
like, like that came out this year or just no just MCU? in general like how would you rank this against other marvel movies generally mm. like where would you guys place this let's see me for me personally just being a big spider-man fan and just seeing the other two spider-man in it i would honestly put it like in my top five for sure same with me same with me yeah same here (laughs) i would need to rank it what my other five would be my other four but definitely my top five i might go a step further and put it in like top three I think uh, Winter Soldier, Iron Man 1, and No Way Home are are the top three uh, in my MCU list. Yeah, uh, that's probably... Um, I think mine... I, th- I would definitely put a top three. Probably number two. Like, I think I like Infinity War, um, No Way Home. It is recency bias, so I'd have to sit on that for a little longer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, uh, I don't know, might be Thor, probably Thor Ragnarok, or even <laughs> or Winter Soldier. Yeah. You know, it's it's so funny you talk about that movie because I mean we all saw all the Marvel movies together, but I think like watching that in theaters was a whole nother experience. You know, like you know we talked about it in our podcast, like people cheered, people. Uh, uh, pop poppers in the theater people were standing yeah and that was a great thing that just happened this year with um just going back to the movies you know like yeah like henry said before like people were tired of being cooked up and stuff and we're just ready to go back to the movies and um being that community of like being with someone that uh you don't know but you have like this like mutual feeling of either you laughed, you cry, and it was just really great being back in the movies and having that feeling. Yeah, the yeah. movie experience was incredible. And um, it'll be interesting to see how this movie holds up upon like uh, subsequent home viewings. You know, like uh, I've seen Endgame, like a zillion more times at home right and my my uh perspective on that on that movie has changed over time you know with no way home we'll see but right now man it it is just riding high for me because of that in-person movie theater experience it was just really something special really something special and um as long as we're talking about no way home um i thought i'd bring up the other mcu movies because when no way home came out i kind of felt like the mcu offerings of 2021 was a little bit more quantity than quality so we talked about the the shows being a little uneven you know some of them ending not so great and then with the movies i felt it had been kind of uneven too uh, we'll get into disappointing movies, but Eternals was like at the top of my list in that department. <laughs> Very disappointing. Um, Black Widow was a little disappointing too. I, I definitely enjoyed the movie, but I felt like it could have been a lot better. Shang-Chi, I flat out loved. I, I really 
really enjoyed that movie and I don't want to gloss over that movie. Um, that was a huge highlight for me this year. Uh, one of my top movies of the year, no question. Um, that said, though, you know, just the MCU as a whole was, like I said, a little bit more quantity than quality until No Way Home. And that movie was such a grand slam. It turned what was like what may have been a bit of a disappointing year for Marvel, Marvel Studios into complete triumph. You know, oh, my God, I felt so good after seeing this movie. I have seen it three times now and it does hold up and the magic is there every time mm -hmm. and i just can't say enough it just it's just a magical film it really is i can't say enough mm -hmm. yeah the mcu really like they they finished really strong this year yeah yeah, yeah i agree about that like yeah, so welcome to the club, Henry. Three times watch your Christian. Have you have you seen it three times? Um, let's see. Uh no, I only saw it twice. Uh, only That's twice. It? But it, it, it was like two days within like two days of each other. Like I saw it once with you guys, and then like I I, I just told my friend, like, hey, let's go see this movie. I, I, I really want to see it again. You That's haven't seen I'm... it yet? Well, this is an excuse for me to see it again. Let's find the best tickets we can. And I remember searching for a while, but I managed to find them like late at night. And that's what happened with Henry, too. He watched it a day, day, like back to back. Yeah. I saw an opening Thursday and then with you guys on Friday. Interestingly, my third viewing. This wasn't planned, but I saw it on December 28th, which just so happens to be Stanley's birthday. So wow. kind of a <laughs> interesting little coincidence there. Uh, so uh, when I say watching that movie was magical, it really was in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so besides, yeah, Spider-Man, which was a great movie, I think like for me, a big standout was... Um, Shang Chi that came out this year. Yes, I think, like you know, when that movie was first announced, I don't think anybody thought how much of a hit it was going to be. Everybody was like, "Who is this character?" And um, it was just so beautifully done. And I remember, you know, when when like at the like be, like right before the movie was about to be released, like I had a lot of worries about it that. You know, it was the begin. It was like the time when the Delta Sergeant was rising, and um, like I didn't know if people were going to go to the movies to go watch it, and like were we were going to go to another shutdown and all that kind of stuff. But the early reviews were just like, "This movie's amazing. You have to watch it. It's so beautifully done and stuff." And I was blown away with it. It was just really great and it was a lot of fun now if i'm not mistaken i think there was some media talking about how shang chi was going to be the first flop for the mcu wasn't that that's, out there for a little bit yeah that's what economics ec um economists i think that's the right word 
that's what they were saying about the, the movie. Yeah, again, because of um, possible shutdown, because it's an unknown character. Um, there was the marketing behind Marvel wasn't as strong as, and I hate doing this, but comparing to like Black Panther, you know, like Marvel wasn't like selling up like theaters for like, um, like kids who like Asian kids who looked up to this character and stuff. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't receiving that kind of treatment. And so, yeah, a lot of people were predicting it to be like a big um, flop. Anything like just early reviews. And just remember, like, even like influencers were like, no, go out and support this movie. It's really great. Um, it's really beautifully done. And yeah, I was one of those people who was also on that boat when I watched it. That's so cool. Yeah, like, I think. Um when I think of this movie, I just get this nice feeling. It's, it's a really enjoyable movie. And um, the fact that it's kind of an underdog movie makes that feeling even better. Right. You know, like the fact that a lot of people were writing it off, thinking people weren't going to show up. People did show up and guess what? It was a really good movie and it, uh, it caught on, you know, it captured people's attentions and this character that very people very few people knew about now a lot of people know about him and he's he's like gonna be featured in the mcu for years to come so uh it's it's a great success story i love it exactly yeah i think when next time shang chi shows up or pretty much every time after this movie i think we're we're gonna see him. We're, we're thinking like, man, this guy is probably this guy better have the best action scene in the movie. <laughs> Whenever we see him in a team up, if we see him on screen, you're like, okay, we better see some badass kung fu, like we got in the we got in this movie. Totally. Like, I will say, I think that Muni, the Muni bus scene is probably the best action scene I think Marvel's ever done. It's up there. Yeah, it's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some more of your guys' favorite hits this year? Let's see. Um, hmm. So, uh, let's see. Uh, let's, I guess let's uh, go into, I guess, I think the uh, the cult favorite of this year. One I, one I really, really liked. And that was the Suicide Squad. The, the big Harley Quinn movie. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. The Suicide Squad. The real Suicide Squad. <laughs> not yeah. not that not that other movie. Forget about that. <laughs> yeah. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Yes. This I think this movie is like I think it's a really like good direction for DC. Um I've noticed that they're this and Center Cut are both rated R. And I think that carves out a nice like area for them to to be is like R-rated movies where they just kind of give the reins to the director and they just say go. We don't really have a big plan, just make a, make the movie you want to make. Um which is something they've largely held back on and we're kind of known for getting cold feet and changing things at the last minute, but I think this is the year that they hopefully realize their mistake. And I think like between Zack Snyder's Justice League really giving its day and the Suicide Squad. 
I think DC is really like they've come back. As a DC fan, I'm like hyped for DC again. It, it's great. Awesome. I I agree with Christian. As a new DC fan, I'm like rooting for them also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their time has come. Right. Uh, what about you, Henry? Any other last uh, good hits that you guys in, you enjoyed? Yeah, I think I covered my top movies in terms of like geeky type stuff. No Way Home, Shang-Chi, Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong. I think those are the top four for me in that in that uh, geek type movie category. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wish Black Widow was on that list, but it's not. Um, yeah. I remember the anticipation for that movie was pretty, it was, was pretty huge also Mm -hmm. Uh, much like how we were really anticipating WandaVision black widow was the first MCU movie in a long, long time. Right. And um, yeah, the, 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 the expectation and anticipation was kind of through the roof and um, it delivered on some of that, but uh Ultimately, I think it was just kind of marginally uh, good. I would say it was good. You know, I, I still recommend it, but uh, not on my best of the year list. Okay. And so the next movie I want to point out, it's going to, we're going to kind of segue into the not so movies that we didn't enjoy. But this was personally one of my other favorites this year that came up, which was The Internals. Um, I'm like the small minority that enjoyed this film. <laughs> um, I think like, yeah, like I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good like set of heroes that were really awesome and fresh and the graphics were really awesome and beautiful. And um, I can understand why pe- some people didn't like it. I have the same concerns about them introducing way too many new characters there are two the storylines involved were it was just a lot for two and a half hours like it should have somehow been shortened um but i know for you know we've had in one of our podcast episodes this was a movie that was definitely divided us (laughs) as a group (laughs) yeah and so um yeah, let's so let's segue into not the the lows of twenty twenty one when it came to movies. I'll okay. stand in solidarity with your uh, unpopular opinion of Perfurio. <laughs> so I'm not going to bring up Eternals <laughs> since I I had an unpopular opinion about Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, maybe since you brought up Eternals, uh, I'll mm-hmm. I'll say my last word on Eternals. Probably mm-hmm. not of all time, but for now uh but um yeah i i did see this movie twice and so it's you know it wasn't just a case of like oh i was tripping out for a night no to me this this movie is legit garbage (laughs) i'm not i'm not pulling any punches this is my honest opinion and i i just think it's terrible um I'm not going to go into detail because we did a whole episode on it, uh, but I do think it's garbage. 
Um, and uh, th the one thing I wanted to add was uh, something I didn't bring up on our recap episode. I thought I might bring it up here because it's kind of funny. Um, like No Way Home, I saw Eternals in a similar way. I saw it on opening weekend with a friend, and then I saw it subsequently with you guys. Um, so that initial viewing was at the Alamo Draft House, which I love. And um, I have mentioned, I had mentioned that uh, it's kind of like a film geek, film snob kind of audience. And um, there was there was a guy there who definitely uh, fit the bill there. Like he was definitely like a film snob type. And I could tell he was not enjoying the movie at all. And he was kind of voicing what I was feeling. So I was just kind of internalizing everything. But throughout the movie, I could just hear him going, ha, ah, oh, boy. You know, like that kind of thing. And um, like I said, he was voicing what I was feeling. And then at the very end, when the credits come up, um, you know, you're not the only one, Perfurio. Some people did enjoy this movie. So there was like a smattering of applause, right? But this guy who was like, he was pretty close to me. I think he was just a couple rows in front of me. He just does this. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those raspberries, you know? And uh, I thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, and like I said, uh, he, he was voicing uh, my internal feelings <laughs> about this movie. And uh, yeah, uh, that, that's uh, uh, pretty much my last word on Eternals. Uh, it is my worst movie of the year. Uh, not, not my only like huge disappointment in the movie category, but uh, it, it is uh, top of the list for me. So not Henry, tell us how you really feel now. <laughs> uh, what, what about you, Christian? Um, so I think, let's see, there are two movies that uh, I think I really didn't like. Um, I guess the first like true comic book movie was uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I, I wasn't on that episode, so I guess I'll give my piece here. And that, um, you know, I kind of giggled my way through the through like the movie i actually like kind of enjoyed it on some level but i felt like i was like laughing at the movie <laughs> more than laughing with the movie i think it was very ridiculous it was very it was like it was like a really dumb script really bad dialogue it's kind of just held up by tom hardy somehow he kind of somehow he kind of just makes it work in some spots but even then it was just kind of so ridiculous like eddie brock and venom like breaking up and like Venom going to a rave <laughs> in order to find friends, like just Venom as the symbiote going to a rave. Mm -hmm. um, the Carnage stuff was really dumb. True, uh, out of nowhere, Carnage's powers were all over the place. It should have been rated R. Uh, you know, like the, how he gets the symbiote's really dumb. You know, like there's there's such a list I think with Venom. <laughs> let there be carnage of like what didn't work and why it didn't work they're like yeah one out of five but it leans into that one out of five so i'll give it that <laughs> it didn't try to be anything more than one out of five exactly yeah <laughs> I, i'll give it that I, I did enjoy it on 
that level. But I think if I saw it a different time in a different headspace, I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. This is did dog you, shit. <laughs> did, did you watch any theaters? I did, yeah. Um, I did. There was like, uh, there was a few people in there. It wasn't like completely empty. But yeah, I did, and I paid money for this movie. I know, and you by the end, you're probably like, "I want my money back." What was this? <laughs> well, like I said, I enjoyed it on like, a, oh, that was that was pretty dumb. Uh, let's see, what's a movie that for me? Okay, so I just saw this on New Year's Eve. It wasn't the worst movie that came out to, to me this year, last year, but I was kind of a letdown, which was The Matrix 4. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, kind of, you know, I kind of, you know, took your, your guys' um, opinions to, to I just kind of kept it in the back of my mind, but I didn't let it, like, I don't feel like I let it jeopardize my own opinion. But I definitely do know what you guys meant. How like it had a strong beginning, and there was definitely potential about like knowing reality versus being in the matrix and this use of social media about like what's fake and what's real. But as you watch it, the storyline is just freaking ridiculous. The storyline was stupid yeah. about saving Trinity and everything. Um, but I do appreciate, like, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about this so many times, but um, fan service and, like, re- having old characters come back or um, lack of return of characters like Morpheus and Agent Smith, but, like, uh, like this, like, callback to, like, stuff that you would only know if you watch, like, you know, the, the other Matrix movies and stuff. Um it wasn't like the best way it could have been shown, like No Way Home, but it wasn't terrible either. And um, would I watch it again in theaters? Probably not. Would I watch it on HBO Max for free? Yes, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, that's my opinion with this movie. Yeah, I had a similar take. I was disappointed. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I think a common theme is coming up about unnecessary projects. Like this whole thing felt very unnecessary. Like I, I, I would argue Matrix 2, 3, and 4 are, are all unnecessary. <laughs> like the first Matrix is a stone cold classic. It's classic. great, mm-hmm. really great. But mm-hmm. to me... I could do without two, three, and four entirely. And four really felt like they were just going back to the well again. And like I said, totally unnecessary. Like this, this movie didn't need to happen. Um, Yeah. In a world without Eternals, this might've been my least favorite movie of the year. Um, I I found, found it, uh, boring yeah I, I didn't get much of anything out of it mm-hmm. yeah it was uh like eh, like pretty bad i think i'm with you guys for 
first half I'm like, yeah, okay, where's this going? Where's this going? I like this, like, there's like over meta commentary. We're going back to the Matrix. What does the Matrix mean? Oh, it means bullet time. Yeah. But I think uh, at least what two and three have is like, at least they have good action. The action in this movie is terrible. <laughs> All bad. Neo does is like that, like weird force push thing where he like <laughs> throws his hands up. Yeah. That's like his one move throughout <laughs> the movie, and like you're expecting like some good kung fu choreography, but it never shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Venom. Let there be carnage not really trying to be a good movie. I felt like Matrix Res- <clears throat> Resurrections did try. You know, it-, it tried to be like a serious good movie. And for that reason, it- it's almost like worse, right? Because it's it-, it just it just fails miserably, right? So it's yeah, it just it's just kind of a sad thing. Because I-, I love Keanu Reeves. I love a lot of the cast in this movie, but yeah, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So what else? What else came out this year that you guys were just like made you guys slap your face and be like, "Why?" Ooh, I got, I got one. Yeah. I got. So this isn't like a comic book movie, but it has a lot of DC characters. And that well, movie, Space like... Jam, uh-huh. <laughs> a oh, new legacy. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I I really did not like this movie. Um, <laughs> I thought that. I, you know, I loved the original Space Jam, you know, grew up on it and like, I was like, it came out, I was drinking, you know, with some, you know, friends and like, eh, it's like, let's just turn on a movie. And we turned on this movie because it just came out at the time. It was free. And yeah, it was so much worse than I, I thought it could be. Um, <laughs> the whole movie's an ad for HBO Max because you just see like this meta or not metaverse, but serververse. Um, of just different Warner Brothers properties that they go to, you know, of like, okay, here's the Wonder Woman world. Here's the Matrix reference. Here's the Game of Thrones reference. And like when they're playing basketball, which isn't even real basketball, it's like a game that like. Uh, Christian, I, I got I accidentally muted myself there, but <laughs> you, um, you're, basically... you're getting your emotions are letting you take over like. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. I, I just I, I just let out a big string of swear words right there that I had to do. But like, where was I? So like, you know, like the you're supposed to be watching this basketball game, but like it's not real basketball. You know, it's it's like this weird like video game version where they. So it's just kind of like whatever, and it's like hard to follow. And like they put in like weird like bad cosplay versions of all these different Warner Brothers characters. And you're just kind of like, oh, hey, there's that character. Oh, there's that character. And you realize you're not watching the game. <laughs> you know? You're not watching the plot. You're just watching the background. To be, hey, I recognize that. Oh, hey, there's that. Oh, hey, there's that. Oh, Batman, I guess. So, yeah, yeah that movie was bad. <laughs> Yeah, I I have I am totally gonna agree with you. It just felt like a knockoff version of Ready Player One. Yeah, got that right. <laughs> um, I don't think I hated it as much as you guys, but that is a good point about what's going on in the background. Like, never have I 
had that experience before where I'm watching what's going on in the background more than what than what I'm watching in the foreground, you know, because they're, they're, they're throwing in so many WB characters all over the place in this movie that your eyeballs are constantly just all over the screen. Right. So it's a pretty strange experience and it's kind of a movie like no other. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece and uh, it it's, it is like all over the place. It's, it's just kind of a big mess. Mm-hmm. So Henry Wolves, another movie at, on your list yeah i i think i had more than usual like shitty movie listings here (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we we actually did a couple episodes um on these uh the conjuring the devil made me do it (laughs) i feel like that was pretty disappointing because i thought conjuring one and two were pretty fucking awesome you know um, to this day, I think Conjuring 1 and 2 are number one and number two in scariest movies of all time for me. Um, and uh, they really work as horror movies. Uh, this third Conjuring, while it is scary, I will not deny that. Um, I just thought it was a shitty ass movie. So that <laughs> was disappointing. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I think... The best experience from that movie was not even the movie itself. I think it was just that the fact that we got Christian to watch it. I think that was. Yes. I, I think I got more enjoyment out of that than, than you guys. actually watching the movie. <laughs> I hate you guys. Good times. Uh-huh. Um, the other one in uh, in a similar vein, uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. came out this year, and. Um, I am a Mortal Kombat fan. Uh, I was hugely disappointed in this movie. It just did not work. There was no martial arts tournament. And how can you have a Mortal Kombat to, uh, movie without the tournament? I don't know. Um, so it just failed on a lot of levels. The action didn't really work for me. And just, yeah, disappointment. Uh, one other one I wanted to bring up is um kind of a forgotten movie at this point i think but snake eyes snake eyes also came out this year and it's forgotten for a good reason (laughs) (laughs) yes well um rewind a little bit i am a big gi joe fan and snake eyes is a really beloved character to me Mm um uh Let's see a little bit of history here. Uh, we we're all veterans of the Silicon Valley Comic Con, and uh, the first year they came to San Jose, I think it was 2016. Um, among the guests to that convention were Jeremy Renner, aka Hawkeye, and Ray Park, aka Darth Maul. Um, so I was deciding. Like, who do I want to meet? You know, uh, I was like looking at the photo ops. Right. And you would think I w- would have wanted to meet Jeremy Renner. Right. This big Marvel fan here. Right. But no, I wanted to meet Ray Park and I wanted to re- meet Ray Park, not because he played Darth Maul, 
not because he played Toad, but because he played Snake Eyes in the original G.I. Joe movie. That's how mm-hmm. big a Snake Eyes fan I am. I uh, played with G.I. Joe toys in the 80s and um, I collect G.I. Joe comics and um, I'm just a huge fan of the character. And um, I was looking forward to this movie. Henry Golding, love him, you know, crazy rich Asians, uh, excellent actor. Um, this movie was terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 we haven't talked about it on this podcast, but um, it, uh, it doesn't make much sense at all. And uh, bottom line, the action is very poorly done. It's hard to follow. And um, it was a pretty miserable experience watching this movie. And yes, it is on my list of worst movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to what you were saying about um, Mortal Kombat, that was just a big letdown. Like, yeah, they, yeah, what they never, they never said Mortal Kombat in the movie. And <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. And it's so funny, like, you know, Venom, let there be carnage to take notes for this, but the blood and gore, it was there. It, yeah, but, it was rated uh, R. It was rated R, and the fatalities were there, but the storyline didn't make sense. Some of the characters that they used were confusing, like the whole new character, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. It just... It just looked like a big mess, and it was pretty. That was pretty disappointing. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, any last movies you guys want to dish on before moving to our next category? Huh. Well, hmm. I guess I'll. Um. So I, I guess before we move on, um, I actually so I I ranked. All of our movie, all the uh, comic book movies mm-hmm. this year. Um, we talked about a little before. So, do you guys also have rankings you get? You guys would want to share? Mm, I, I I feel like I can only have rankings for like the Marvel DC. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a formal ranking. Why don't you give us? Uh some of your list christian okay here here's my here's my formal ranking for all the movie all the comic book adaptions plus anime adaptions because <laughs> anime had a had a really big year like um so coming up at the bottom is venom let there be carnage um and then next up is eternals um <laughs> coming in second to last um coming up after that is uh so this is my first anime movie on this list so um long ass title so it's called evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time i loved the original series but the new movies are uh kind of dog shit um i think that uh, it's only up uh, three points higher than the other two, just because I kind of like the spending time with the characters. Mm-hmm. This movie sucks. Um, <laughs> and then after that is Black Widow. Um, yeah, uh, I just I think 
enjoyed it the first time, but like I think like it's it kind of just really tanks hard in that third act. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that um, is I guess two movies. It's two the Batman the Long Halloween Part One and Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the real big fan of the original comic, um, but I don't think it translates perfectly one to one just with the way Jeff Loeb writes comics into a movie. But I think if you're going to do a movie about, uh, about the long Halloween, I'm glad that they kind of just went all in on it. Um, but I do find that the better version of the long Halloween is kind of just the dark night in a way. <laughs> um, so next up is, uh, my hero academia world heroes mission. Um, kind of just a solid movie all around. It's kind of just an anime movie that, um, doesn't really try anything different, but it's executed really, really well. Um, and then coming up next is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, as we said, like really solid, probably the best, uh, action scene in a Marvel movie a lot of fun, but I also think it also kind of takes a dip in that, in that final act. Kind of like, uh, which seems to be this weird running theme for Marvel yes. as we've been talking about this yeah. year. <laughs> um, and so uh, next up after that is Demon Slayer Mugen Train. I think this movie's fucking awesome. I think <laughs> this movie is like, it's kind of weird how well it works because it's essentially season two truncated into a movie instead of it. And like, instead of being an offshoot which sounds like it's kind of a recipe for disaster, but like it's it's really good. It's all it's kind of technically a 2020 movie, but because of the way COVID worked, it didn't release into the U.S. until this year. Um, but this movie is balls to the wall, like action, like some of the best animation I've ever seen. Um, and so that brings me into my top three, which are all kind of number one in their own way, I think. Um, and I didn't really know how to organize these top three, so it's probably going to change. So coming up is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, big epic movie, (laughs) the movie I've, you know, I guess I've always wanted to see, but never got around to seeing biggest surprise of the year. Um, and a four hour epic coming up next is the biggest movie. I think the the biggest movie of the year, Spider-Man, um, Mm -hmm great you know like we've we've already said so much about it best theater experience great movie um and then but i think i think my number one favorite movie of the year is actually going to be the suicide squad um i think like i said it's going to be the it's the cult hit movie of the year i think that um i'm probably going to end up watching spider-man more i think uh that and justice league are bigger more epic movies but this one for some reason just just spoke to me this movie i just really enjoyed the dark humor the like really z-list cast and like um like the little more brutal r-rated action that all kind of come together to make this like this like almost like grindhouse movie. It's kind of the B movie to Justice League's, a, you know, a movie in yeah. a sense. Um, like I said, I think it's going to go down as the cult movie of superhero movies. 
Damn, Christian, I did not expect that number one from you. <laughs> like I said, like the top three are like movies that like all kind of make up number one in their own way. You know, mm-hmm. I think that like I, I kind of flip flop between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think, if you know, I think if I, I might end up reordering it a little differently if we ever do like, oh, what are your favorite superhero movies of all time? If we ever rank them, those might that ranking might change. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, I'm happy with that. Okay. Well, that's mine. What about you guys? Well, that's a solid list. I just wanted to say thank you. It's it's cool, uh, the top three, because uh, they're so different, you know, like, um, and this is kind of a theme, you know, like uh, having different look and feel to projects. But Spider Man No Way Home versus the Suicide Squad versus Zack Snyder's Justice League, I can't think of three more different movies right there right there's like zero connective tissue going on with any of those three movies and i think it's great that it speaks to uh the the diverse storytelling going on with superhero movies like people are wondering like why are superhero movies the only movies that are making money right now well uh, this this highlights it because there are so many different types of stories to tell here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that, that um, superhero movies can be so incredibly diverse in this way. Right. So um, that that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't, I don't have a, like an explicit list. Um, but uh, I think, uh, I think I can safely say the my top three, three of the year would be spider-man no way home shang chi and dune i think those are the top three for me there in that order or i I think in that order and and um i mean i don't want to disparage shang chi or dune but spider-man no way home like a lot higher (laughs) like like number one like easily you know it's 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 up there to to me it's just an all-timer it really is Let's see, for me, you know, just based on comic book adapted movies that came out this year or last year, um, at the bottom of my list would be the opposite of Christian, which was The Suicide Squad. That would be at the bottom of my list. Then um, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, The Snyder Cut, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. All right. Huh. I think that's, I feel like that's more shocking because you're like the Harley Quinn fan among us. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Like for me, even Harley Quinn couldn't save that movie for me. Mm. It was not to say like this, like the Suicide Squad wasn't good. Or it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Like, I would still probably take that over. Um, oh wait, no. Okay, never mind. It was not the last movie. Venom is be- is below the Suicide Squad. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that means anything. But <laughs> like, oh man, I feel like that's the hotter take right there. <laughs> I think um, uh, Venom 2 can barely be called a movie. 
maybe maybe that's why you left it off your list. It's, right. it's barely a movie at all. <laughs> it's so bad you forgot. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we move on to our final category. Um, how could we not be a comic podcast if we don't talk about comics? Yay. So um yeah, so what's some good your favorite comic storyline that you guys um, read this year? Um, I can give a few of mine. So with comics, I've mentioned this in the past, but um, usually my comic reading is a little bit behind. So um, my comics picks are typically not comic releases of that year, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so a good example is um, I read a Spider-Man series from quite a while ago. It's called Spider-Man Rain from 2006. So this is quite a while ago. Okay. Um, read it for the first time this year or uh, last year. And it was really blown away. You know, it is Marvel's take. Well, the, the Spider-Man take on... The Dark Knight Returns. It's a very similar format. It's a four-issue series, and it's Spider-Man in his later years, and it takes place in kind of a dystopian New York City with this like authoritarian uh, authoritarian state of police, and they're known as the Rain, you know, hence Spider-Man Rain. And it's, it's really dark and kind of twisted. It's um, written and illustrated by uh, Kare Andrews. And it's really cool. It's, 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 it's really out there and different. And um, it, it is a kind of shameless, shamelessly uh, a, a Marvel telling of, of Dark Knight Returns. There's even a character in it called Miller Jansen which is a play on Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen, who are the creators of that uh, Dark Knight series. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend this. It's like my favorite uh, Spider-Man read of the year. And I did read a lot of Spider-Man this year. Uh, so that, that's, uh, that's a good one. Uh, also, I just read this one, uh, Rorschach. They just released the uh, collection for Rorschach. This is a pretty recent release. It started up in 2020. And like I said, they just released uh, the issues one to 12 collection very recently. Like I think just last month. And it was really cool. You know, Um, you guys know me. I do love Watchmen. And this is Mm -hmm. another great Watchmen story in a very different way. It's not a superhero story at all. It's more of a detective story. And um pretty interesting stuff it gets into um some uh political espionage type territory um but uh, yeah I'll, I'll just leave it at that uh, an interesting read for sure and um just one other pick uh, basically uh anytime the writer ed brubaker has a release it it makes my like comics picks of the year he's just awesome so uh for 2021 this was a 2021 release it's called friend of the devil it's his continuation on his reckless series and it's great uh he writes and 
Sean Phillips again illustrates for them. They're a great combination. And um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Like when it comes to crime comics, uh, Ed Brubaker is king. So uh, highly recommend Friend of the Devil. Cool. Great picks. What about you, Christian? Do you have any good picks? All right. Um, I wasn't as into reading comics this year. Um, but uh, I guess one that I was uh, talking about earlier that ended up becoming a big hot topic in DC comics um, towards the end of the year. Um, so I, I, I picked up old issues of Super Sons in like trades, um, which is uh, Jonathan Kent as Superboy and Damian Wayne as Robin as they go on like kind of the more kitty version it's like kind of of like batman superman um but you also kind of watch them like grow up get into like kid kid kind of shenanigans mixed with your superhero shenanigans like you you, you can kind of see where it's going but it's fun lighthearted action and i actually do really like damian wayne um and i liked it i enjoyed it i was like uh, at the beginning of the year before um the big controversy with dc and them aging up jonathan kent um and giving up a boyfriend i i i honestly haven't read any of the comic uh, any of uh his solo series which is where a lot of that is focused so um i guess i i really don't have anything to say about that um but i i you know i will say i actually did like him as a kid I liked the kid Superboy paired with the kid Robin. Um, it was, and I also I really like seeing Clark Kent man as a dad, and same with Batman as a dad. I think it, that's a nice dynamic for them to fill out. That I, um, I guess I will say it, it would have been nice if they just kept if they kind of filled that out more. And I would have I would have loved to see more of that dynamic. Um, and I think it's a nice addition to the, the like their characters you know so i don't know i like super Su- super sons it was nice and lighthearted. cool cool let's see some storylines that i you know 2021 i read a lot more comics than i have than years previous um I think just since there's a comic book store near where I live, I just like went there like every Wednesday during the new releases. Um, but some storylines that stood out to me this year was uh, um, Trial of Magneto, which um, it's about uh, they like mutants. They find like the body of Scarlet Witch and they're trying to find out who killed her. And using their powers, they investigate, like, clues of, like, what happened. And all the evidence points to Magneto being the one who, to have killed her and stuff. Um, But then things kind of take, like, a twist, odd twist of events when, like, Scarlet Witch is able to use her powers in the afterlife to communicate with, like, old woman scarlet witch and be able to like resurrect herself back to life or something like that um it's really interesting though i really do recommend it if you guys ever get a chance to read it um 
another one that popped up was uh, a Marvel event that's still going on right now. I think it's called uh, Devil's Reign, which is basically like um, the Kingpin. He is now the mayor of um, New York, and he's trying to implement like this, like no superhero, no vigilante initiative very similar to like the storyline of civil war and he has like his task force which is basically like the thunderbolts of like dr octopus and the taskmaster who are like um like uh capturing superheroes and putting them in jail and stuff like that um it's still only there's only been two issues released so far but it's pretty good and um, the last comic book storyline that I have to give a shout out to is this Harley Quinn storyline. I think it's called Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy on like the Kill Bang tour, something like that. But um, if you guys have seen the Harley Quinn animated series, um, it's a continuation of the animated series. So I love the show. I love the writing. It's very funny. And the comic books just really live and continue that type of humor. And so I love, um, it's like, yeah, probably my favorite comic book storyline that came up last year. Um, I highly recommend it if you guys love the TV show. And I did, so I should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go ahead, Henry. I don't know. I was just about to say it's great. It's always great to get comic book recommendations. Love hearing them. Yeah, yeah. So did you guys have any comic books that you were disappointed with this year? Comics never disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of true. Like, I think, well, I shouldn't say that. But for the most part, I would say uh, uh, with comics, there's always something you can get out of them mm-hmm. it's always worthwhile reading comics mm-hmm. definitely yeah i've no i didn't read a lot this year or read a lot of comics this year so like i wasn't i don't know if i could point out any um true like disappointments there actually was one actually another one i read that actually really did surprise me i only picked up an issue or two um but uh they started doing a Magic the Gathering series. Uh, Boom Comics is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like Magic the Gathering. Um, and so I actually thought I I was like kind of surprised, I remember, by the by the issue. And I think I think at the time I was just gonna wait for it to like do a run and pick up trades and all that, but I kind of just forgot about it. Um but the stories uh like kind of involve involves like uh different guilds all around um this like larger city called Ravnica and these uh people like within the guilds within the uh and like a little like a plot to kind of, a plot here and there it's actually kind of similar to arcade in a way with it's kind of with a kind of that look and vibe and i guess also based off a game this is a card game but yeah i actually i actually do recommend magic 
the Magic Boom series if if you're interested. Much better than the old like books I the old like young adult novels I, I used to read once upon a time. Nice. So yeah, so I think it's fair to say well in a few words, how would you guys describe twenty twenty one when it came to comic book um media i did have some thoughts here you know i alluded to the fact that during the covid pandemic pop culture has really helped us get through things right a movie like godzilla versus kong is a silly monster action movie but uh it, it can help us you know like we're, we're going through some tough times and um, Godzilla versus Kong is just one thing like um, the greatness of no way home. It, it really goes beyond just the movie. The movie really is great. No question about it. Uh, Spider-Man fans will love it. Superhero movie fans will love it, but you know, there, there's something else going on here too. You know, uh, we're 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 going through a tough time like this omicron variant we're going through right now is really tough because we we really thought we were done with this thing and um we're not clearly we're not um but um you know sitting in the movie theater for spider-man no way home just a simple two and a half hours escape from our bleak reality mm-hmm. was really special, you know, um, like this, this era has taken a toll on all of us and um, like mental health wise, we, we, we got issues, you know, <laughs> like this is something that's going to affect us all for the rest of our lives, uh, mm-hmm. lives. And um, it seems silly to say, but, you know, just going to see Spider-Man No Way Home during this time, I, I keep saying it, but I will never forget it because I feel like it's one of these things that has helped get me through it. And, you know, Spider-Man isn't the only thing. All this stuff, like with COVID, it seems silly that we're valuing pop culture, but it's true. Pop culture is helping us get through this stuff. So... On one hand, uh, we've all had to, I don't know, reprioritize our lives. You know, we've had to put some things on pause, consider our health, consider surviving, right? But on the other hand, I don't know about you guys, but like, I need this stuff more than ever. Uh, I've always considered myself a fan of, of, uh, comics and comics related content but i need this stuff more than i've ever needed it (laughs) and uh that it's it's crazy but uh i'm really finding that to be the truth now Mm -hmm. yeah this year like we got so much of it too so it's good that you need it because it's here in troves yes all of it yeah what about you christian how would you like, summarize 2021? Like, it, it really is nice to return to it. You know, it does feel like we've gotten two years worth 
in one year because there was just so much. Um, and I think this year was like, um, it was probably like the, like, yeah, it's like the most comic book content I've ever seen in terms of like movies and TV and all that. Um, and it's great to see, uh, you know, I, I love Marvel. Marvel's great. And like, of course, like, um, we were talking about this before and I heard, you know, a number somewhere where it's like, they took home 30% of like box office revenue. But um, I will say that it seems like this year, um, a lot of other companies kind of really made some big moves. And I think going forward, we're going to see a much like much wider range of um, comic companies putting out great content. Whereas like the last 10 years, you know, uh, we would largely just be talking about, you know, Marvel and just Marvel because that's Marvel was so dominant, you know. Anytime I talk about my favorite, if I go back and list my favorite comic book movies of years past, it probably just think of oh, what MCU movie came out that year, you know? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. oh, DC put out a movie, eh, it was probably terrible, you know. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, like, wow, they put like they put out a few movies I really really liked, and I'm really happy to be a DC fan again. Um, as well as we talked about Invincible, like. You know, Image put out something really dope. Um, I talked about anime movies, like like anime movies are were huge this year, bigger than they've ever been. And I think moving forward, anime is going to be a much bigger slice of that comic book pie that we're going to see. So I think this year, like, was overall great. There, and then like, there's a few movies on here I think that are all time favorites. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, yeah, like like echoing what both of you guys said, I think this year we were, you know, really spoiled when it came to um, comic book content, both in the movies and online streaming. Um, you know, it's just looking back, it's just so crazy how much, I guess, like this year, like we evolved in some ways. Like at the beginning of the year, we were like watching WandaVision on like Zoom, like we had, we still did the Zoom movie nights and everything. And uh, we were, yeah, like um, we were, the vaccines still weren't rolling out and everything. So we were all still very, we we're being cautious and everything. And then, like, as the year went by, that's when like streaming service like HBO Max was definitely just like releasing their content um, on that line. Like, like Henry said, Godzilla vs. King Kong was like the biggest like movie that came out for the year on that streaming service. Then you got like Mortal Kombat and Dune and The Matrix, you know, following the year. And then in May was when we had that return to the movie feeling with Black Widow. Or no, that sorry, that was July. That was in July. Um, but then and then that's when it felt like things were starting to get back to normal. But then you know, then we had the Delta variant, and now we're, we're going to the Omicron variant. But it's just so crazy, like how, you know, again, echoing what Henry was saying, how like movies and streaming services have helped us like um, get away from reality for like a few hours, um, like during the week, and just like uh, be in this like realm of geekiness and 
making things feel normal and just kind of like have that optimism for the future that like you know things are will eventually go back to normal and um you know uh that may not have happened 2021 but 2022 there's a gonna be good stuff coming out and good vibes to move forward with um so yeah uh that's what i have to say about 2021 well said yeah i like what you said about that sense of normalcy because nothing about this year has feel has felt normal except doing some stuff that we used to do right get together and watch a marvel movie <laughs> like i think we're all um we all had some issues with the black widow movie but uh, the experience was so great because it was the first time in a long time that we all got together and sat down in a movie theater and got to watch a new Marvel movie. Right. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of this stuff we've mentioned was, was a great experience because it gave us that sense of normalcy and it's a sense of normalcy that is lacking in so many other aspects of our lives. Right. So there's some comfort there. Mm-hmm. For sure. So maybe we can end on something you brought up uh, before we started recording, Christian, about uh, about the decade. So we're we're in a new decade now, right? Um, yeah. What, what was your uh, what was the point you had about that, Christian? Well, I guess if twenty uh, twenty nothing really happened, so that doesn't count. But this is essentially the first <laughs> real like year of the 2020s you know yeah, yeah in terms of like comic book movies where do you see the genre going over the next you know until 2030 so uh, i guess start this um it's funny like how christian said in his comments like if you look back in like the 2010s decade and you ask what's your favorite comic book movie probably someone's going to say a Marvel movie because that's what dominated the scene. If not a Marvel movie, a DC movie. But now I just feel like we're getting so much like uh, like third party comic book stuff with like image and um, dark horse and stuff. You know, you have shows like Invincible and Umbrella Academy Um dune you know who are just like pumping out this content that like is like competing against marvel and dc and i think that's just really exciting and um i don't know for me it just kind of shows that like like um like comic books are a great form of literature that people that you know, people essentially say, like, it's just, like, a kid's thing. But obviously, they're the ones making, like, the big bucks with all this stuff. Like you said, Christian, like, Marvel made, like, 30% of the box office revenue last year. So there's money to be made with these comic book adaptations. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said about you know, the, the diversity in the projects for because mm-hmm. yeah, for the previous 10 years, 
the answer to what is your favorite comic book movie it's going to be a marvel movie right it's just a question of which one um but for the next decade i i could see it being a toss-up like um it could be a dc movie it might be a marvel movie it might be an image movie you know like you don't know like that's where this is all headed right um uh comic book adaptation adaptations are are running wild right now like like tons of comic book adaptations are in development so who knows what is in store for the rest of the decade right um interesting side note though you know christian you brought up this market dominance of marvel movies while comic book media is is booming it really is marvel that is is extremely dominant right so um yes we're gonna see a lot of other non-marvel projects coming out it really is marvel that seems to be at the forefront right um i think spider-man no way home really put the hammer down on the entire movie industry and just showed that that marvel has this incredible clout like it's pretty wild the box office from this movie right um it, what it's doing during a pandemic is is just insane you look at pretty much all the other movie releases right now they are tanking movies like high quality movies like Guillermo del Toro just released a movie that looks really cool no one saw that movie you know um and 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 the list goes on about like these high quality movies that just no one is watching but everyone went to go see Spider-Man and uh the the market dominance is pretty pretty incredible and that might be something of concern because uh if if it's just all Marvel all the time I don't know like I keep looking for this moment when Marvel finally collapses I thought Eternals might be a sign of it but then you know Spider-Man comes out a month later and just completely destroys right uh so who knows when the end will be but um I don't know it is a little concerning when at the movies it's all Marvel uh at, at home on your TV it's all Marvel you're reading Marvel comic books, you're playing with Marvel toys, you're playing Marvel video games. Like, it, I don't know, it, it's, uh, it, it might be a little out of hand, you know? Uh, so that, that'll be interesting to see uh, for the rest of this decade, right? Uh, this, this incredible Marvel dominance that is happening at the very beginning of the decade, where is that gonna go? Is it just gonna continue to grow and become more dominant or is it, is there going to be like some kind of jump the shark, jump the shark type moment? We'll see. Hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Like, like will Marvel like essentially fall? You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Because even Eternals did pretty well, um, like financially worldwide, and that didn't, and that one didn't do as well on like say Rotten Tomatoes, but like. I think, uh, like, personally, I will say, like, this year, it did feel like a little too much at times. 
Um, and I do feel like there's always, we all know the Marvel formula. It's like very tried and true, but there was a couple times I thought like, eh, I think the four, you know, it's like kind of waning a little, a little, um, but like at the same time, like they're doing so well, it's fueled by Disney. And I also think that like Marvel is really trying to break away from that formula. Um, I thought they broke away pretty, really, really well in Spider-Man, um, but they were really trying that with Eternals. Um, they did a you know a little bit with Sh- you know, Shang Chi, not as much uh, as far as its structure, but it executed it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think I will say that like while Marvel is so dominant, I do think they are in a bit of hot water here. I think that they they know they have to like switch things up. They have to change. They have to they have to try a lot of new things. Um, but Hey, that's, that's good. Um, I think it's good that they, that they do, you know, rumor that they do feel like they're in a bit of hot water and they have to really change their, the, the format of the way the movies are. They've kind of gone more into Disney plus to tell like longer form stories. Um, and going into something much, much weirder in the world of comic books, which is the multiverse. And it's, paid off really well for them so far and so um and they also have to move forward without you know iron man and cap kind of the two big figureheads of the mcu um iron man cap and you know unfortunate rest in peace uh black panther chadwick boseman the other like big, big guy i thought who was really going to dominate the 2020s but and so, but I think Marvel will stay like I, it, they, they've done so well this year. It's hard to imagine Marvel not being there in 2030, you know, at least in some form, who knows if it'll be as large as it is as with as many movies, Disney plus series, you know, so on and so forth. Um, because I do think, you know, DC's really like starting to really strike back. I think they're made, they made some really good moves this year. Um, they've kind of come off, you know, a, the last decade where we just kind of, you know, continuously like made fun of them for being the company that made the bad movies, you know. And we're, it feels like we're past the the memes of them being, oh well, they sh- Warner Brothers should sell DC to to you know Disney. We're it feels like we're finally moving past that. So I think they'll be more part of the pie. I think image, you know, with invincibles made some really had made their big moves. Um, we have the boys also as well from, I forget the company, uh, that might also be boom, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and so I think a lot of film companies are going to try to grasp at any comic book property that they can get and try to turn that into, a movie, a franchise, a show, which is great. I think as a comic book fan, it's going to be uh, like a really great decade. And like I said, I'm going to go back to Demon Slayer Mugen Train. I feel like if there's any movie to look at of like what, what the next trend is going to be over the next 10 years, I think it's actually going to be that movie. Um, I'm going to put like put my money on it because that is Japan's most successful movie mm. now. And so I think that a movie did really, really great last year, and it, it continued to success this year. So I think movies that is going to be a much bigger part of the pie. 
as well. I think Shonen Jump is the new comic company to look at going forward. Excellent take. Yeah, actually, you brought up something that sort of sparked something in my brain, and that's the multiverse, right? I think the multiverse can be a decade defining aspect of comics related content, right? Um, certainly in the MCU, but I kind of wonder with the success of No Way Home, are there going to be other attempts at multiverse type stuff? Are there going to be other attempts at uh, bringing out actors reprising old roles, that sort of thing? Um, we, we might see some of that stuff going on too. Uh, but we've gone pretty long here. Um, I think we can do a what we're looking forward to in 2022 episode at a later time. Um, but for now, I think we can put a bow on 2021 and call it a wrap. With that, we can. I see wrap. what you did there. <laughs> you saw what I did. You like that? <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, we can wrap up this episode. This is farewell from Christian, Perferio, and Henry.